Life can pass by in the blink of an eye. Life is so fragile. Life is held together by nothing more than a person's ambitions. Life is what you make it. Life is the ultimate game. And the player in the game is you. The other people on the game board are those you meet, such as your family. In fact, family is everything. And without them, you can lose at the game of life rather quickly. A new night has come to Augustus, Illinois, and even though tonight is the night of the big hospital fundraiser, a slight rainstorm has begun. At Leslie and Alex's penthouse, Leslie is looking out the large window in the living room. She is watching the rain fall. As she lets out a deep breath, Alex enters. He is wearing a navy suit. Hey, Les, have you seen my navy watch? You know, the one I usually wear with this suit. I'm sorry, babe, I haven't seen it. But I think you look even hotter without it. You are very handsome. Thanks. And you look absolutely stunning. Thank you. <laughs> and thank you for listening to me ramble on and on last night at that romantic dinner you made for us. I know that it wasn't exactly the night you had hoped for. At least our wedding is back on. Exactly. And you, you had a lot to get off your chest last night. I mean, when I came in here and saw your dad and Gregory about to beat the crap out of one another, I was in complete shock. I just knew that I had to be there to comfort you. Thank you. I still can't believe he's back in town after all this time. It has been five years, Alex. I haven't even spoken to him in that time. Neither has his own child or my dad. Did you let Christopher know that his father is back here at Augustus? I tried calling him at the hospital he works at in Denver. However, he's a very busy man. I didn't even know that he runs the entire pediatric department now. Wow, that's impressive. Yes, it is. Anyway, are you sure you're going to be okay tonight? I mean, your dad and Stephanie are going to be covering the press for this event, and your Uncle Gregory even said that he got invited to this. I'll be fine. I will, truly. With you by my side, I know that I could conquer the world. I love you. I love you, too. At the Marshall home in the foyer, Isaac comes down the spiral staircase. He is dressed in an emerald green suit. Isaac walks over to the door. Hey, I was wondering when you'd get here. Sorry. For some reason, I had a hard time zipping up the back of my dress. <laughs> no problem. Come on in. Isaac steps aside and Stephanie enters the home. Wow. What's up? I just never realized what a beautiful home you have. Why, thank you. It's huge. It's okay. Anyway, I just have to grab my wallet and my cell phone, then we can head out. Isaac walks off just as a beaming Stephanie stares on at him. At the Bay Ridge Hotel in Gregory's suite, Gregory walks over to the desk and picks up a file. He then opens it. Okay. I've got the plan all set for Leslie. Hopefully, she likes it and will want to come aboard this venture with me. 
As Gregory closes the file, he then checks his watch. Oh, shoot. I gotta leave soon. Gregory then makes his way over to the bed and picks up his suit jacket. However, before he can put it on, his cell phone begins to ring. This is Gregory Marshall. How can I help you? <laughs> if it isn't Dominique Bradford. How are you, my old friend? It's funny that you consider me a friend. Because I don't consider you one. You listen here, you son of a bitch. I want my money. I want that money that you stole from me. And if I don't get it soon, well, then I guess I'll just have to come to Augustus and get it my way. How did you know I was back in Augustus? I know everything. Before Gregory can get another word out, Dominique hangs up the call on her end. Gregory then slowly hangs up his cell phone. Damn it. Can't let her find me. Can't let her hurt anyone. I have to protect my family. At Danielle's loft in the living room, JJ is looking around the loft. He is searching the place. As JJ goes to the desk and looks through drawers, Danielle enters. She is wearing an off-shoulder black jumpsuit and carrying a silver evening bag. So this is how it's going to be. You come back into my life after a year. I let you stay the night, and all of a sudden come to find out you're digging through my things. Why is that, JJ? Because, sis, I see that you're up to your old tricks again. Excuse me? While I was sleeping on the couch last night, I felt something poking me in my back. So I got up, removed some cushions, and saw that manila envelope was sticking up through the center cushion. Now my curiosity got the best of me, and I saw that you have photos of Caitlin and Lakin kissing. And I also read the note from the person who sent you those photos. $50,000 to out someone. That is one hell of a payday. What I do when it comes to Trash.com is none of your damn business. You should have just left well enough alone. You know I can't do that because of our past. There you go again. Always bringing up dad's stuff just to justify your reasoning. When you believe that I've done something wrong. That's because dad died protecting me. And I never want you to forget that, ever. I never will. And you should know that I already turned down the person who sent those photos to me. So are you happy now? Little sister has a conscience. Wow. That's a surprise for everyone. Oh, shut up. Look, I have an event to get to. I'm a part of press for tonight's big hospital benefit. Have fun. I will. And when I get back, we can talk about why you're back in town, because you still have not explained that to me. Oh, I will, sis. I promise. Yes, you most certainly will. Also, don't go looking through my things while I'm gone. I'll know if you did. Danielle then walks off to the door. At the Harper Mansion in Caitlin's bedroom, Caitlin is sitting on the bed dressed in a bright blue silk party dress. She is looking down at her cell phone. Come on, Danielle. Come on. Just send me one text. Just tell me that you figured out who sent those photos. Caitlin jumps upon hearing the knock at the door. However, she ultimately decides to click off her phone, stand, and go to the door. Thank God you're here. Lakin is shocked upon Caitlin hurriedly pulling her into the bedroom. 
Caitlin, honey, what's going on? I rushed over here as soon as you called me, and now I see that you're in a terrible state. I am. My emotions are just through the roof right now. What's going on? I can't stop thinking about who sent those photos. I've been waiting for Danielle to text me all day. Caitlin, it's only been just a tad over 24 hours. You have to give things time. I can't. I can't. I, I can't do this. I can't just sit here and wait. Not when there is someone out there who is destroying my life, damn it. Meanwhile, in a dimly lit room, a mysterious person is hanging photos of Caitlin and Lakin kissing on a bulletin board. The mysterious person is also hanging up photos of other citizens of Augustus. At the Bennett home in Jonah and Miranda's bedroom, Jonah is sitting on the bed texting Stephanie from his cell phone. He quickly sends a text that reads, Hope to hear from you soon. I miss you and I'm in need of some major relief. Seconds later, Jonah receives a text back from Stephanie. It reads, I'm glad you texted me. I've been meaning to get in touch with you. We need to speak ASAP because I'm not sure this can continue. A confused Jonah reaches down for his dress shoes, which are at the foot of the bed, when suddenly, without giving anything a second thought, Jonah picks up the cell phone and answers the call. Stephanie, hey, I was wondering when you would get in touch with me. I didn't like your text. I'm not Stephanie. Who the hell is this? I'm your worst nightmare. A horrified Jonah quickly hangs up the phone and throws it across the room. At Memorial Hospital on the fifth floor, Elaine steps off of the elevator just as the doors close behind her. She is wearing a pleated knee-length maroon dress with a sequenced waist-length maroon jacket. She then goes over to the receptionist desk upon spotting Melanie. Melanie. Hi. What? What are you doing back here? Is, is it your vision again? I thought the doctor determined it was just a panic attack and that your sight returned after he gave you a sedative. I'm fine, Elaine. Doctor just wanted to do a follow-up. Oh, okay. Are you sure that you're okay, though? You know, I can have my driver take you home if you want. Elaine, we don't have to do this. I'm sorry. Do what? It was very sweet of you to take me to the hospital yesterday. But that doesn't mean you have to act as though you now love me again. I've tried over and over to make peace with you in some way. Um, when I was here with you yesterday, I realized something. Um, <clears throat> Something I should have realized a long time ago, actually. What's that? I broke you. And you haven't healed. And I get that now. And I don't see us mending fences with one another. Ever. And so I've decided to, um, to go back to Pennsylvania. And I was all set to, to move here. I was set to begin, you know, a second chapter of my life, but that cannot happen. And, and I see that now. Mel, please, 
Don't go. What? I said. I know what you said. I know what you said. I just can't believe you said it. Well, believe it. Look, I'm still, I'm still really pissed at you for all the hurt you've caused me. And you might think I'm crazy for saying this. Ugh, I think I might be crazy for saying this, but I want you to stay. I want to try and figure out where we stand with each other. You know, yesterday just made me realize something too. Life is too short. Life is just too fragile. <laughs> yes, it is. Then I, I have to go. I'm meeting. Oh, the man that you've been seeing? Yes, exactly. Okay, but please, just promise me that you won't leave. Okay? I won't. I promise, Lainey. I promise. Good. Melanie smiles and walks off to the elevator. Elaine watches her walk off, smiling as well. At the Harper Mansion in Gunner's study, Gunner is standing over his desk talking on his office phone. Are you kidding me right now? The hospital has decided to let Lewis Burke talk at this damn event instead of me? I can't stand that man. He's been after me for years. Well, thanks for letting me know. Gunner then hangs up his office phone. Come in. Emma enters the room. Hello, Gunner. Emma, hello. What can I do for you? I think you should know that Conlon and I sent off the samples to the lab at the hospital. Good. Hopefully you'll be out of our lives shortly. <laughs> I don't think that'll be the case. You see, this baby is Collins, and we're even falling in love with one another over this incredible experience. Uh, yeah, 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 whatever. I know all about your kind, Emma. You have used my son since day one. I thought you were a nice young lady, but now I see that you are just a gold digger who doesn't even know how this game is truly played. <laughs> oh, man, you make me laugh, Gunner. I'm not after anybody in this family. I just want you all to accept what's happening. Elaine and Caitlin have accepted me and this baby. The fact that you can't is childish, and I do know how the game is played. I've played it long enough, and I've got to hand it to you. Why is that? Because you know how the game is played as well. But your game is all about politics. What are you talking about? I know what you did, Gunner. I'm just surprised that you managed to keep it a secret for all this time. But I guess that's a part of playing the game and trying to win at it. What did I do exactly, Emma? <sighs> okay, fine. Here we go. You're going to try and deny this all you can. Well, I, I get why. You don't want to be knocked off from your throne. I just can't believe you had the balls to do this. Rigging a mayoral election is a serious crime. I bet you thought that nobody would ever find out that you paid off people to change their addresses to vote for you all those years ago. What a brilliant plan. 
All until someone does a little bit of digging. You little bitch. I'm not a bitch, Gunner. I'm just someone who fights for what's right. Now, you listen here. Because it's time that I start making some demands around here. And I've got a long list. How did you even figure this out? Do you really want to know? It is actually quite funny how it all landed in my lap. I'm listening. The night that you came to my hotel room, I realized that once again, you thought you were going to get your way. You thought that you were going to get to be this macho man who makes all the rules. I've met men like you before, Gunner, and I've never been too fond of those men. Anyway, I knew that something had to change. I knew that I had to get the upper hand. And you think you've got it? Oh, I know I do. The day you came over to the guest house with your dossier was the day that my little spy came through. I hired someone to dig into every little nook and cranny of your life, just like you did mine. I was a little shocked when everything was turning up clean, though. Almost too clean. I wanted my guy to keep looking, and I'm glad he did. Something didn't add up to him in the last mayoral election. He ended up getting a few of those people you paid off to crack. This is all hearsay. Sure. Let's go down that road. Because if you don't think that I don't have any further evidence, then you're a damn fool, Gunner. What the hell do you want, anyway? Your blessing. Leave me and your son alone. And if you don't, then I go to the FBI and the press. Emma looks up at the clock. Oh, would you look at that? We have a party to get to. Back at Memorial Hospital in an elevator, Lakin and Caitlin are standing next to one another. Are you sure you're going to be okay? I'll be fine, Lakin. Thanks. You still seem all shook up. <sighs> That's because I am. But I'm going to try and just relax and put on a happy face. It's a good thing that there will be alcohol at this party, though. I guess so. But if you want, I can help you relax a little bit more. What do you mean? Lakin rushes over to Caitlin and kisses her passionately. Lakin, what are you doing? Showing you that I still care, Caitlin. Please, let's... Let's work this out. Come back to me. I love you. You do? Of course I do. And I'm sorry for what I said. Your mom has clearly continued to support us and keep our secret. Yeah, she has. Lakin, I love you too. And I would love nothing more than to be back the, to the way we once were. Even if we still have to keep it a secret. I'm here for the ride if you are. Damn right I am. Lakin walks away from Caitlin just as the elevator doors ding open. On the main floor of Memorial Hospital, the hospital fundraising party has just begun. Guests are dressed in their finest elegant clothing, a live jazz band has brought people to the dance floor, and hors d'oeuvres are being served with champagne. Across the room, Colin walks up to Elaine. Hey, Mom. Hey, honey. I was beginning to think I was going to be the only Harper here tonight. Yeah, sorry. My car got a flat on the way over to pick up Emma. Oh, no. No, it's okay, though. 
Apparently, she and Dad will be arriving together. Oh, by the way, if you see your father tonight, just be ready for him to be in one of his moods. What happened? Did you get mad at him because of what he put Emma and I through yesterday? I'm sorry, what? Colin, I was talking about the fact that the hospital picked someone else to give the big speech of the night. What are you talking about? Oh, I cannot believe that you don't know this already, Mom. Dad came to the guest house yesterday to confront Emma and I. He said that he had someone dig up into her unsavory past. It was all in some sort of effort to turn her against me, and then he demanded that we get a paternity test. The results should be in soon, in fact. Oh my gosh, I can't believe your father would do this. I told him to stay out of your business. Oh my gosh, even a toddler listens better. Oh, honey, I am so sorry about all this. It's okay, Mom. It isn't your fault. You know what? I am going to go call your father right now and see how far away he is. We definitely need to have a little chat. Oh, I love you. I love you too. On the other side of the room, Leslie and Alex enter the party area, having just come off of the elevator. Wow. I'm completely impressed by all of this. The hospital board did an amazing job. Hey, I see your mom, dad, and Lakin over there. Should we go say hi? Good idea. Leslie and Alex then walk up to Miranda, Jonah, and Lakin. Alex, Leslie. Hi, Mom. I'm so glad you two showed up. I was just telling Mom how I saw this gorgeous dress in Bridal Monthly. Leslie, I'll have to text you the pics. That'd be great. So, have you two picked a date yet? Uh, not yet, Dad. But we're close to settling on one. Well, you just let us know. I can't wait to attend the wedding of the century. Aw, thanks guys. Alex has made me the happiest woman in the whole world. I can't wait to be married to him. Will you look at this? Finally, our family is happy. It's long overdue. Yes, it is. Before anyone can get another word out, Jonah feels his cell phone vibrate in the breast pocket of his suit jacket. He quickly retrieves it. Excuse me for just a moment. I have to take this. Jonah walks off to take his phone call. This is Jonah. Stephanie, hi. Finally. I was wondering when you were going to call. Are you here at the party? Oh, good, good. Yeah, I can meet you in the stairwell. I'll see you in like five minutes. At Donovan's apartment in the living room, Donovan enters the room having just come from the kitchen. Donovan then makes his way over to the door. Melanie. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> come on in. Melanie enters the apartment. I am so glad you're here. Are you? Yes. I was worried that when I texted you a bit ago, you'd want nothing to do with me. Our first date was so magical. You made me feel like myself again, and a man hasn't done that for me in a very 
very long time. I'm glad that I could do that for you. I'm sorry I didn't return your phone call yesterday. I, uh, I was in the hospital. <laughs> what? Oh my goodness, are you okay? No, no, I, I am now. I just, I had a, I had a panic attack. And I ended up um, not being able to see anything. Melanie, I'm so sorry. That must have been so scary. It was. I, I, I was petrified. Oh. Well, well, I hope this will cheer you up. Donovan goes over to the desk in the living room and picks up a jewelry gift box. He then walks back over to Melanie and hands her the box. Upon opening the box, Melanie lets out a gasp. She is shocked to see that Donovan has gifted her an 18-carat white gold diamond halo bracelet. Oh my god. Donovan, I, I cannot accept this. Nonsense. When I saw this in the window at the jewelry store downtown, I just thought that it would look perfect on you. May I? Donovan takes the bracelet out of the box. He then sets the gift box aside on the coffee table. He then grabs Melanie's wrist and puts the bracelet on her. There we go. I just knew that it would look perfect on you. Donovan. Shh. Darling, don't talk. Donovan caresses Melanie's face. She breathes heavily as he goes in to kiss her neck, but she pulls back. Then, Melanie pushes him back a little bit. No. Stop. Stop. I... Stop. I can't do this. Melanie hurriedly takes off the bracelet and sets it by the gift box. She then rushes to the door. Donovan follows her. Melanie, is, is everything okay? Everything is fine. Then... Why are you leaving? I'm sorry. I can't do this, Donovan. Not right now, no. Please, just come back. You, you told me that we were doing so well. We were. Donovan, I cannot accept a gift like that so soon. And I don't think I can give you what you clearly want. I'm not into the sex for gifts thing. That's not my style. Seriously? <laughs> Seriously? Thanks for nothing, Mel. <laughs> Once Melanie is fully gone from the apartment, Donovan walks over to the coffee table. He then picks up the bracelet and throws it across the room. In one swoop, he clears off the coffee table, shattering a piece of table art as it falls to the floor. Donovan then opens up his chest storage coffee table. He reaches in and picks up a Glock 17 9mm pistol. These ladies have to stop doing this to me. Sooner or later, though, they will find out that I am the only man for them. I should be the only one for them. Sometimes that means you have to take them to the grave. No, oh, don't worry, Stephanie. I'll start with you. Then, Melanie, you'll make somebody love me. Back at Memorial Hospital in a stairwell, Jonah and Stephanie walk over to a corner of the stairwell. Hey. Hey, I've missed you, baby. Yeah, sure. Steph, I don't understand. What the hell's going on? Why are you acting so cold to me? Jonah, I'm sorry if I'm acting cold to you. It's not my intention. 
I just need to get a few things off my chest right now. Things I have been meaning to say for a very long time. Like what? I know that asking you to leave Miranda was a lot for you to take in, but at the same time, it also made me realize that I should have left you a long time ago. There's a lot out there for me. There's people out there who care for me. Jonah, you have given me so much, yet I need more, and I've found more. What is even happening right now? I'm realizing my self-worth. Does this have something to do with the other guy you told me about? It has everything to do with him. And you should know that the other guy is Isaac. And sure, we aren't official, but he has given me a lot more than I would have ever thought possible. Are you kidding me? Seriously? Jonah, please. You're not making this easy. I will always love you, but it's time that I moved on, and we both know it's time to end this. Back in the main area of the hospital, Elaine and Gunnar walk over to a corner of the room. It's about time you got here. I've been waiting to speak to you. I am not happy, Gunnar. I can't believe that you got in the way of Emma and Colin's relationship again. I asked you not to, and you agreed. What the hell happened? I had a change of heart, especially after Roman sent me her file. I don't care. I don't care about your change of heart. You know what? I've had a change of heart, too. But mine is about you. This is your last warning. If you go near that relationship again, I will be even more mad at you than I am right now. I don't care what Emma has done in her past. I don't care what you think of her. I want our son to be happy, damn it. And you should want that too. Keep your voice down. Oh. A furious Elaine walks off. Meanwhile, Colin and Emma are standing next to one another by the open bar. Hey, you sure you're holding up okay after having to ride over here with my dad? I'm doing all right. Your dad, he does not scare me. Good. That's what I like to hear. Anyway, our paternity test results should be in by tomorrow. <laughs> what a waste of lab resources. <laughs> Amen to that. From across the room, Emma suddenly spots Alex sitting down at one of the tables. Hey, will you excuse me for a sec? I have to use the little girl's room. Of course. Emma then walks off and goes to Alex. Emma. Hey, thanks for paying off that lab tech. Colin doesn't know it yet, but I already got our test results. You did a good job. I guess that now would be a bad time to tell you that I didn't pay off any lab tech. What? I'm serious. I never got to it. I was buried in work. Oh my god. Damn it, Alex! Open up your eyes! Do you realize what that means? Oh, oh my. Yeah, that means that this baby was never yours. Oh my god, I've been pregnant with Colin's child all along. On the other side of the room, 
Caitlin and Lakin walk up to Danielle just as Danielle puts her cell phone back in her evening bag. Hello, ladies. Hi, Danielle. Taking pics for your blog. I not always Lakin. Good point. Anywho, what's up? We just wanted to say thank you. Though we still haven't found the person who took those photos, I'm happy that you still helped us out. Uh, my pleasure. You two deserve to be out and proud. I hope that you do that one day. Thanks. By the way, did you check your cash app? You just got a very hefty payday from me. <laughs> Money makes the world go around. That it does. <laughs> well, have a good night, ladies. Danielle then walks off. Do you think that there's some truth to what Danielle said? I most certainly do. We'll get our fairy tale one day. I hope so. I really do. Back over by the open bar, Gregory walks up to Leslie, who is just taking a sip of her margarita on the rocks. Hello, Leslie. Uncle Gregory. Hi. You look beautiful. Thank you. Anyway, I was hoping that I could borrow a moment of your time. Oh? What's up? Well, I have a business offer for you. I was originally going to bring this big file tonight, but I decided to email you everything instead. Long story. Sorry, Uncle Gregory. I think you should know that I'm not going to talk business on tonight of all nights. However, I will certainly look over your email, I promise. Thanks. Of course. Uh, now, if you'll excuse me, I have to get back to Alex. We're both just on pins and needles to hear tonight's big speech. As Leslie walks off, Jonah walks back up to Miranda, who is now standing with a crowd of people in front of a podium. Hey, where'd you run off to? I just had to take care of some business. I'm glad you're here now. As Miranda leans over and kisses Jonah, the lights suddenly dim. Wealthy mogul and politician Louis Burke walks out onto the stage and goes to the podium. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and thank you for that lovely round of applause. And thank you for helping us hit our goal of $1 million so early in the evening. Now, as all of you know, tonight is quite a special night. It's the night where all of us gather together to honor our frontline workers, the people who have given up their lives to protect and take care of all of our lives. Whether it's just checking our temperatures or if it's performing life-saving surgeries, these fine medical professionals at this very hospital and those around the world are truly the heroes that should be honored every single day. Now, as the night continues, I want you to enjoy this look back at all of the amazing accomplishments this very hospital has had, can have, and will have with your donations. Lewis turns around and begins to play a PowerPoint presentation of the amazing things that Memorial Hospital has done through the decades in Augustus, Illinois. It has truly become the center of the community. The doctors and nurses that have passed through the halls have all upheld the hospital's oath of taking care of those that walk through the doors every day. As photos continue to fade in and out on the PowerPoint, the slideshow suddenly begins to glitch. 
I'm, I, I'm so sorry, everyone. I'm sure we can fix this. As Lewis tries to mess with the slideshow, the lights come back on fully. Before anyone can rush to help Lewis, photos of Stephanie and Jonah having sex begin to fade in and out on the presentation. Everyone looks around in disbelief. Oh my god! What the hell? Miranda, I... I, I, I... Is that you? And are you having sex with Stephanie Markham? Honey, I, I, I don't know. It's... Upon Miranda slapping Jonah, her children rush to her. Mom! Oh my god! Who are you? Lakin tries to put her arms around her mother, trying to comfort her. But Miranda then notices Stephanie from across the room. She breaks free from Lakin's hold and rushes over to Stephanie. You tramp! Before Miranda can fully make it over to Stephanie, she collapses to the ground. Dr. Avery Randolph then rushes over to Miranda, kneeling down by her side just as the other party guests and Miranda's other loved ones circle around her. Mom! Everyone back off. I need some room here. Miranda, it's me. It's Dr. Randolph. You're gonna be just fine. Dad! What the hell and who is this woman? Your mother's doctor. Why does mom need a doctor? Because she's sick. She has cancer. Lakin and Alex become shocked by Jonah's admission. Stephanie then looks up at Isaac, unable to take everything in. Her life has changed forever. Everyone continues to rush over to see if Miranda is alright, but she still isn't waking up and she isn't moving. Her fate left hanging in the balance. <laughs>